Hello, this is Kumbasike, this is Connor, and this is episode 33. Today I'm chatting to Hannah Campbell. Hannah is an expat currently in Vietnam from the UK and is back in the country. Hannah, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolute <laughs> pleasure. So, do you mind telling me then about your background? You're from the UK, do you yeah, mind telling me a bit more about that? Yeah, of course. So, um, I am actually uh, British, uh, Norwegian and Jamaican. Um, yeah, so from yeah. everywhere really. Um, my dad is half British, half Jamaican. Uh, my mum is completely Norwegian and they met in the UK um, and I was born in Argentina. Whoa. And I grew up in the UK, so yeah, <laughs> mixture. Of, Fuck, yeah. that's quite a mix, jeez. Yeah. And so then you grew up there until you did your degree? Um, yeah, so I went to the University of Birmingham, studied sociology, um, and I have lived actually in the same house for like 18 years. Nice. Um, so yeah, my brother and sister were both born in England. Um, and then yeah, so I graduated in 2019 and then moved or well went traveling around asia and then really fell in love with vietnam um and decided to stay from like january to march and then obviously the pandemic hit in 2020 yeah sure <laughs> so i decided to go back home which was the wrong wrong decision <laughs> and then yeah and then now i'm back so happy days yeah sure so yeah. how do you mind telling me a bit more about what it was like traveling asia once you graduated until obviously the pandemic hit yeah, of course. Um, so traveling Asia was amazing. I left on my own solo, and a lot of people think that traveling on your own means like literally being on your own the whole time. And I think a lot of people will be surprised to find out that you're literally never on your own. Um, so yeah, I had the best time of my life. Um, I knew I always wanted to go traveling. Um, literally since I was like sixteen, it was like a dream for me. Um, I think obviously being from or like having ties to quite a lot of places made me kind of naturally inquisitive about like the world. Um, and I kind of knew always that like the UK wasn't my home. You know, you just get that feeling where you just think, yeah, same, this yeah. is not for me, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it was literally a dream country. I was literally just, I had my eyes like wide open. I was like, wow, I've always wanted this. Um, so yeah, I traveled around Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, and Indonesia. Um, and then I fell in love with Vietnam and then decided to come back and work in Moine at a hostel um was pretty like hectic lifestyle <laughs> just like drinking a lot of the time which I'm just not like I'm not a big drinker I love a social drink um but yeah I just wanted the experience I'm all about new experiences um yeah. and I think you've just got to take whatever you can get if that makes sense yeah, um, of course. I think you just got to yeah roll with the punches and see like where where it was it Morning Hills? Yeah. Uh, no, VBH. VBH. Oh, okay. I was going to say it was yeah. Morning Hills. Jeez. Morning Hills is nice, though, as well. Yeah, it's all right. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the hostels do. So. Yeah, I suppose. So, yeah. So then, um, yeah, like, it was an experience. And I'm glad, to be honest, before that, I would always kind of stay in my comfort zone. Yeah. And it actually, going traveling, taught me to, like, I'm, you, you never get anywhere unless you, like, push yourself. And I'm so grateful for that experience because I had kind of, like, not a set itinerary, but almost kind of a plan in my head and it kind of because I'm quite an organized person I think like all British people are kind of um and I'm glad I like swayed and actually did what I wanted to do um and I think yeah my advice to people would always be like just take the risk because like you just don't know where like it will take you yeah sure It'll probably be good yeah yeah I agree with that and so then when you come to Vietnam mm. how was the experience of traveling Vietnam and settling to a point here um, yeah, obviously it wasn't for as long as I wanted originally because obviously the pandemic, um, but it was definitely different. Um, that said, like I did, I do feel more at home here. 
So for me, it was like such a happy feeling that I've never experienced before. Um, and yeah, that's what I would say to people is if you don't feel at home, like where you're living, um, just like search, like this, the world is so big, like just go out there and like try and find like your home. I think home is really a feeling and not necessarily a place. So now I'm back and I'm living in Saigon, even though it's not Moine, like I feel, it's just, a, I can't describe it, but it's just a feeling you get. Um, but yeah, I didn't find it that hard settling in. Um, I think I'm quite used to like a mixture of cultures, if that makes sense. Of course. Um, yeah, obviously like my dad's Jamaican, my mom's Norwegian, so it's very, very different. Um, and they are very, very different people. Um, they're divorced now, so yeah. But they're, they're, they've always just been polar opposites. I'm like, how did it ever work? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm kind of used to that that kind of contrast. So yeah, I found it quite easy, to be honest. Right, I see. Yeah. And so that almost kind of brings us nicely onto, well, the main theme of Cumbersica yeah. is where often we kind of chat about the challenges we faced and how we came back from adversity. Yeah, cool. Do you mind if I ask you about the challenges you faced uh, throughout your life, really. Yeah, of course. Um, I'll start from the beginning because I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I kind of... My parents got divorced when I was six or seven, I think. Um, and I think that age, you're kind of old enough to understand what's going on. Um, and I'm the eldest out of, like, the three of my... Like, so I've got a younger brother, a younger sister, and now a half-sister, but I'll talk about that later. Um, and I, I was definitely the most aware about what was going on, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so for me, I didn't actually deal with that, I would say, till I was like, started secondary school. Um, and I was kind of faced with like, meeting new people and like, kind of learning more about myself, I guess, as, as a young girl. Um, and I didn't really know that I had all these issues, but basically, yeah, my dad cheated on my mum. And kind of all my... I, I rated my dad so highly and then all of that kind of just like went down down the drain I guess I was just so like devastated by it um and I saw my dad as like a massive villain and I was like oh my god like he's such a bad person and I felt bad for my mum so I didn't want to um kind of upset her and it, it was just a massive like for such a young such a young girl trying to like find her own way it was such a big thing to deal with at the time yeah, and I don't think I ever quite got like necessarily the help that I needed I think when if you're going through if your parents are going through a divorce I think it's so important to like help the children through it I don't think a lot of parents think about that and I don't by any means like resent my parents for like that that decision or lack of but it just definitely shaped a lot of the issues that were to follow if that makes sense yeah of course um so yeah so I became quite this like not boisterous but like very loud opinionated young girl throughout like my senior school years so like 11 to 16 everyone knew me as like the loud one the outspoken one I would always try and kind of compensate for all the hurt that I was feeling inside if that makes sense I think a lot of people a lot of girls or a lot of kids that have that happen to them go through they're just they can't they kind of try and find their way because they've gone through something like something so traumatic at such a young age um and then yeah I just kind of went through and I, I yeah I just became this like really loud outspoken rude to be honest like young young girl um and I thought that all that mattered in life was like to be cool like to to have everyone like you and well not necessarily like you but to notice you if that makes sense right, that's definitely. why I was yeah. really loud um and I also was a competitive swimmer when I was like younger um so I was very disciplined and I thought 
not necessarily that I was best than everyone else, but I knew I had a talent. So I think that's also combined with the trauma of my parents getting divorced, um, kind of fueled my ego even more, if that sure. makes sense. Of course. I mean, I was lacking so much in self-confidence inside, but I thought by being loud and by being like a good, good at what I was doing, that was all that mattered in life. Mm. Um, and it wasn't actually until I went to college, I'd say, that I realised I had such low self-confidence. Because um, that actually, my senior school was a girls' school. So, um, I don't know, I've never experienced, like, I guess, boy contact before, yeah, like, sure. to that degree. Um, and I don't know, it's the first time I sort of started noticing, like, the bad things about me, I guess you could say. Because I, through, like, until that point, I just thought I was, like, untouchable sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so then I was met with this, like, oh, my God, okay, like, I've got such a strong ego, but I'm also really not confident at all. Mm. Um, I was like, what? which one do I go for? Like, sometimes I'd kind of be, like, the quiet person, um, and then sometimes I'd be, like, the loudest in the room still. Um, and then I went to university, um, and that was the real turning point for me. Um, I got there and I was just like hit rock bottom. Like I was, I just realized like I wasn't confident in myself at all. Like kind of how I'd felt all, all these years about like being confident and loud. I was just like, this is, this is not me really. I need to find myself almost because I just feel lost. And actually before uni, I felt, well, now looking back, I think I was just living. I was uh, existing. I wasn't living. Yes. If that makes sense. Definitely. And actually it's quite sad, but until uni like that whole time before i literally feel like a different person like i don't even i don't know i don't even recognize like the person i was before because i needed to go through like what happens next basically yeah, of course. um and yeah so when i was in my second year of university i had this massive fallout with this girl who i was living with at the time um and i was in the wrong completely um and it was the turning point situation for me because then everyone, when everyone found out about it, like they clearly knew that I was the bad person. Um, and it was just a massive like kick in the heart. Cause I was like, everyone thinks I'm a bad person. And because of my ego, I wanted everyone to like, like me or know me. And that was a real big confidence knock for me. Um, and I was like, right, well, the only thing that I could like, I need to change who I am. Like I, I'm not, I'm not good enough um like I'm a horrible person um and like my life is bad um like my parents are divorced um I don't even have swimming anymore like what 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 do I have to live for basically yeah sure um everyone hates me now like do I drop out of uni like all this all these thoughts are going through my mind and I was like well I need to control like one aspect in my life um and so I turned to like controlling what I eat um, which was like a massive, like something my mum always said to me, like, oh, you'll never have, we, we used to speak about it a lot. And like, as a swimmer, like you have to eat like, re- like lots of good food. And she was like, you'll never have an issue with food ever. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, never. Like I literally loved my food. I love my food now. Um, but when that situation occurred at uni, I was like the only, cause, because a lot of uni is about how you look and like what you wear and stuff. I was like, well, the only thing that's going to make me make people like me after this situation with this girl is if I change like the way I look or like what I'm eating aka like just get skinnier basically so from that moment I just just started controlling like what I was eating um and 
I kind of couldn't even believe that I was doing this because it's just so out of character for me. Like, I thought I was this loud, eccentric, um, extroverted person. And actually what this taught me is that I'm just none of those things. Like, I'm deep down. Like, it just taught me about myself all over again. I genuinely feel like I was born again mm. after going through what turned out to be an eating disorder. Um, and, yeah, basically from the second year to, I would say beyond the last year of university was a huge battle and like I thank my friends a lot for being there for me um I had this one friend Demi and she even when everyone hated me like hated me in quotation marks that's what I thought um and rightly so like I I did I did speak badly of this girl um and but now I'm grateful for that situation because I always think like without that maybe I would still be this like outspoken insecure person and I'm the complete opposite now like I'm very happy in myself but I think it's because of that situation um but yeah my friend Demi just stuck by me and said like she she said yeah you were wrong but I will stand by you and I couldn't have got through like my university years without her support and I think yeah um and my family support um yeah it was just like a really dark time I just controlled what I was eating like more and more and more um until my mum like came into my room one day and like just broke down crying saying like why are you doing this to yourself um and that was a realization like I need to stop like just because you've just because I think a lot of people need to realize that just because you you do something bad or you've done something done something bad it doesn't make you a bad person forever like this whole cancel culture thing that goes on at the moment I don't agree with that at all because I think let people make mistakes like we're all human no one's perfect and without room for people to make mistakes like how do you suspect people to grow like otherwise they're just going to stay static they're just going to stay the same person and that kind of links back to what i was saying about i'm i'm in a weird way grateful for being nasty to that girl and then responding by controlling what i eat and then then the repercussions of that in terms of me then finally coming to terms with why all these issues all along arose and like me not ever getting over the fact that my dad cheated on my mum and like confronting mm. those issues and like my issues around um thinking all men are bad when they're really not you can't generalize about things like that um and just really kind of getting to know myself all over again I as I said I genuinely feel like I was reborn after like going through an eating disorder and then realizing what I want out of life and what life is all about um and yeah so I think a lot of people look at me and think like oh how did you get through all those things like how did you get through your parents divorce and like your dad cheating on your mum um and he's actually married to the the lady who he cheated on my mum with um and that comes with it that like it's a whole host of issues um just because I was so young when it happened so yeah. growing up I just didn't really know how to act around her um and I've got a, like a beautiful half sister now um and I love her so much um but yeah all these all these things I think you need to have a strong mindset and I think I I I do and I know I'm I'm grateful for the mindset that I do have but I truly think that at the end of the day like everyone has a choice and I could have I could have taken another path I could have chose to to look at all the things that have happened in my life and maybe felt sorry for myself which I did for a lot of those years like when I was going through my eating disorder I did feel sorry for myself um a lot of the time um 
but there came a day where I was like, you know what, like, this is not the life that I, this is not the life that I want, and I know that life can be better, Mm. Um, and I think just that, like, initial realisation will help so many people, um, because, you know, like, tomorrow is a new day, and I know it's cliche, like, everyone says that, um, and, you know, like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and I always say to people, no rain, no flowers, like, without the rain, like, there will be no flowers, um, and so, like, genuinely, I look, I look back and I think, I would have never, I wouldn't be where I am today, um, without going through all that stuff, like, I honestly dread to think, if I hadn't have been nasty to that girl, would I genuinely still be, like, a 22-year-old, like, horrible person, and feel so left, I, I would feel so depressed if that was, if that, if that was the case, um, mm. And I feel like, honestly, going through, yeah, an eating disorder, bad mental health, a lot of anxiety, and having to confront my issues about, um, like, trust, I guess, and, like, love, um, and, like, a lot of fake promises from my dad, Mm. um, and just a lot of conditional, a conditional love, I would say, um, which is obviously not what any child wants from their parents, um, and just kind of coming to terms with that and reading more books and listening to more podcasts. Um, like, I'm here today and I just feel it's possible for anyone. No, I completely see what you're saying. Yeah. There are two things that are kind of striking me to what you're saying there. The first one, if I may touch upon, is, you know, the thing with your father cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, that affected you from a young age, which maybe transpired to other events. I know this might be a broad question. I'm not sure if you can answer, but how did you get over that or move past that and getting to the point where you are now yeah um god I think that's definitely it's it's been a lot of factors um I think realizing that I am my own person was a huge thing I think for a long time I thought I was just like my mum and dad's child yes. if that makes sense like I didn't have an identity mm. um or I didn't at least I don't know I didn't at least I just I just never had any hobbies I mean I I did swim but I never would read books I would never I think for that gap um like when I when I stopped swimming when I was 16 to I guess like through my university years I just I just was as I said like existing I wasn't I wasn't living if that makes sense of course um so yeah getting my own identity for sure and realizing that like I'm not just like I'm a credit to myself if that makes sense and I think without without kind of having like this big ego you need to realize like okay you at the end of the day like everyone's on this earth as them like just on their own and I can't let something that someone else has done regardless of whether they're my family or not like affect me for the rest of my life like am I genuinely gonna wake up every single day and be sad just because my dad cheated on my mum like if you put it like that it doesn't like really what are you doing um so I think that definitely um I generally do have like quite a strong mindset so I turn to things like exercise and like um reading listening to podcasts um things that I know will help me grow as a person and maybe I think listening to other people's stories helps as well um because you think you're alone like you you are on this earth on your own um but you're also not alone in your experiences like everyone kind of you'd be surprised how many people go through similar things to you and I think finding comfort in that um, and like listening to their experiences helped massively as well um and yeah I think I never actually had like therapy or anything um which I think a lot of people are surprised by I have a friend at home who 
like has gone his whole life with therapy and I'm not against it at all um I think it's such a great tool and like if you can have access to it um then like why wouldn't you use it um and maybe it's a fault of my own that I'm quite a my mum would say like I'm very stubborn so I like to figure things out on my own before I then seek for help and that sometimes is like detrimental but I think that has helped me a lot in terms of realizing I can really get through anything um but yeah just a lot of like ego work a lot of reading uh, kind of like a spiritual awakening I had I guess as well in early lockdown so like March 2020 um when I had to fly home from Vietnam like that was a huge shock for me um because I would say I got through my eating disorder and then went traveling and those two things I thought I was I thought that was it like I was changed forever and then when I got home in March from Vietnam um having to go home because of COVID that was like a double whammy in terms of like like I'm just not I'm not actually as okay as I thought I was. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I read a lot of spiritual books. Um, the Alchemist is a really good book, which I recommend. Really? Um, oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, <around the> shelf. <laughs> amazing. And obviously, Eckhart Tolle, like, yeah. love him so much. Um, and his podcast with Oprah Winfrey, like, thank you, Lord. Like, that was the best thing to happen to me in lockdown. I would just go on walks and just listen um and just learning about like consciousness and um really that like all we have is this present moment and that's all that matters and i i genuinely think learning about your consciousness will really help you with everything and i can't explain it to people because people people who don't haven't are not aware or haven't read or haven't listened they don't get it in the same way but all i can say is just do it like i was skeptical at first as well um but it really changed my life, so... Yeah, Yeah, of course. I think it's definitely... It almost sounds like an esoteric thing to just dismiss when you say, oh, check your consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost think, yeah, that's just some kind of bullshit. But then once you actually check in, and I'm still doing it myself, I really need a lot of practice with it, but once you actually get involved with it, you think, ooh, there is some truth to this. That's the thing, it's like, you can read any... Like, you can read Instagram quotes, like, you can read Facebook quotes about... Uh, like spiritual awakenings and stuff but until you actually embark on the journey yourself you won't realize and people are like oh Hannah but how do you have that mindset and I'm like it didn't just happen overnight like I I put a lot of work in and you know someone said to me before like yeah but not everyone's like you and I'm like I get that like everyone has gone through something different but the beauty about learning about this sort of stuff and learning how to be connect with yourself and be spiritual i guess yeah um people think it's some like i don't know you you sit around like a fire and you like and it's like that's not what it is at all like i'm not like that i don't actively practice yoga or meditation every day but because i have the tools in my brain i know if a negative thought comes up i know how to take it back if that makes sense and I think that is honestly what makes me the strongest version of myself that I can be is that when I do have that negative thought now in my in my mind or I do face adversity I know I look at it and I think I look at it in a different way like I'm looking at it with completely different lenses I know that like no rain is no flowers so I think okay this bad thing has happened but look at everything else that's bad that's happened before this that I could have taken a different path on and look at where I am now. And I think, okay, so what what factual information am I basing 
this negative thought on. Like I, I literally, my past, my track record shows that I can get through anything. Yeah. So people need to have more faith in themselves and like just be open to more ideas and learn about. Or I just think be open to growing. Like you should never aim to be static. I just think that's so toxic. Like you don't want to be the same. You don't want to be the same. And if anyone ever tells you like, oh, you've changed, like good. You know what I mean? Like, people yeah, think usually. it's a bad thing, but good. Yeah. Like, think, you should change. I think a lot of the high achievers, one of the main things yeah. they always say is, I keep learning. Even if it's someone who's, you know, at the dominant of their field. Exactly. Use a sport example, LeBron, Federer, exactly. Ronaldo, Bolt. They yeah. all they all keep saying, I keep learning. And you yeah. think, well, these guys have kind tell. of made it mm-hmm. externally, but obviously, they're, if they're still open to learning, then so are we. Exactly. They're still on that point. Exactly. And I think, actually, this is, I've had a lot of conversations about this with my best friend, but, I think it's easy to like I used to have a massive issue with comparing like comparison I think it's easy in the day and age that we live in to like compare how you're doing to someone else that's your age or even not even I don't know like someone in your family or whatever but at the end of the day like you you're the only person like you're here on your own if that makes sense like the only person you need to be better than is the is the person that you were yesterday yeah um comparison is genuinely the killer of all dreams yeah if you compare you'll never get anywhere and who's to say like who's to say that me and you sitting here right now are less successful than Usain Bolt like by whose standards do you know what I mean like by whose standards and that's what you need to ask yourself Mm. um what because he's more well known does that make him a better person like just because someone has more Instagram followers what does that mean yeah exactly genuinely what does that mean what are you basing that on yeah it's a great point actually I read Mm. Nelson Mandela's autobiography and throughout it he keeps mentioning how much he regretted not having a family life and that goes back to your values because yeah. if you mention Nelson Mandela so many people are, oh he was a hero he did so much for politics but his own family life was completely ruined as a result so mm. would you be willing to sacrifice that for that you have to ultimately think of exactly. what do you want to contribute what exactly. are your own values no I agree yeah. I think I just think a lot of people sadly I'm so glad that I like embarked on like a spiritual awakening because I think without it a lot of I, I just again you just exist you don't live like what do you genuinely want from life and I think so many people I know back home you know they do their nine to five job they don't necessarily think outside the box and I, I have nothing against those people like if that works for you then fine but personally I, I always knew that I had like a deeper I needed to seek more, if that makes sense. And I know yeah. not everyone's like that. I know, and I'm not. I don't hate on people like that at all. I think it works for some people. Like, I know, bless my mum, like, she she kind of gets up, goes to work, comes home, and, like, doesn't really think... She's not really interested in, in things like that. And I think it that works for her, and that's fabulous. Like, I think a lot of people here in Vietnam don't necessarily think about the meaning of life and yeah. all of that stuff. Mm. Um, and that works for them but personally I always knew I needed to seek more and maybe that's because I did suffer with bad mental health or whatever Um, but I just want people to know there are options out there if you are experiencing a lot of anxiety and you do find yourself thinking oh my god like what's the point in life like what you know what am I here for yeah sure you can explore other avenues other avenues yeah yeah of course um, I am going to touch upon the spiritual awakening mm. and the part where the comeback beats the setback. But one thing that kind of has struck me is yeah. the eating disorder part. Uh, I have absolutely no real knowledge or kind of awareness about that yeah. kind of stuff. So do you mind telling me what is it like going through an eating disorder? Yeah, First of, of all, what specific eating disorder? 
what happened? What was it like? How did you feel? Do you mind basically telling yeah, me more? Yeah, of course. Um, God, like, it's very... I'm I'm only now at a place where, like, I can talk about it because it just makes me sad to think that there are so many young girls that think that's the only way. Um, and it's so easy to fall into the trap. And when you're in it, it literally seems impossible. Like, you, you genuinely can't see a way out. Um, it's basically, like... It's just a fog. That's all I can describe it as. Is is you're again? You're not living. You're just you're just there. You're kind of watching yourself from above. If that makes sense. Nothing that happens in your life is exciting or significant because you've got you have no emotion. Basically, you're it's all it's drained from you because you're obviously not eating. Um, I personally, yeah, I had anorexia. Um, so I just wouldn't eat. I would live off um like a yogurt and fruit a day um drink water like really yeah just eat nothing I would literally be scared to touch foods um I would lie to my friends and say that I'd like already eaten if we went out mm-hmm. and then yeah basically like friends started saying like oh you've lost loads of weight and I'd like I think that was a good thing because you think society says that losing weight is such a yeah, good thing so you you're celebrate. like oh my god <laughs> it must have been so terrible before before and that fuels fuels it even more and then you see like your clothes fitting looser and that fuels you even further um and I felt I now know looking back that like I was getting more attention so I was like oh that's good like that fuels the ego boost that I needed after like falling out with my friend which I guess I guess you could say was the not the cause um I think there was a lot of other like deeper causes but maybe the trigger I guess yeah, you could sure. say um and yeah you just you just start to think that like the meaning of life is to be thin and like the meaning of life is to be like I don't know like look a certain way um and so everything else goes out the window like you genuinely don't like I didn't care about it sounds awful now but like I didn't care about how my friends were doing like it's very tunnel visioned like all you think about is food uh, or like how like what you're going to eat that day um I remember being on holiday in Barcelona with my uni friends um was this second year yeah second year summer um and we'd go out for dinner and like everyone be like Hannah what are you gonna order like we can share something and I would just feel so much anxiety because you can tell that like everyone's looking at you and stuff yeah. like why aren't you eating you haven't eaten anything all day but your mind is just it's it's sheer shame and like embarrassment but also you feel good like you get a kick out after like only eating like I don't know one slice of pizza at the dinner or you know only having water that day you feel this this like boost um and it's the control I genuinely think it's not actually about the calories per se for me it was more about the mental control that I was having because I felt so out of control of all the other aspects of my life um that controlling this just made me feel so much better yeah sure um and then eventually it just escalates until yeah as I said like my mum just sat on my bed one day and being like what are you doing like do you realize how bad you look um and I think I've I mean I've seen my mum cry but like having them really be concerned yeah for your health is like is horrible because it's like they brought you into this world and to have her cry definitely made me that was that was probably the start of the end. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. yeah, and then my friend, I remember my friend Harriet, um, on the train. 
back to the hotel in Barcelona, um, she took me off. She's like very motherly. She's like a very motherly person, really lovely girl. Um, and she took me off and she said, um, like, what is going on kind of thing? Like, I don't know, no one had ever, everyone always been too scared to kind of ask about it. Yes. And I, I still think that happens now. Um, I think friends are always too scared to mention something because it doesn't take a lot for someone suffering with an eating disorder to kind of, like, make them really irate or, like, upset. Um, so she was very careful, but I'm so grateful that she asked me, like, what is going on and stuff because it's the first time that anyone had directly asked me about it. Of course. Um, my mum as well, like, she just, like, cried to me and said, like, you know, what you're doing is stupid, but no one had ever actually asked me, like, am I okay, if that yeah, makes sense? no, definitely. Um... And I'd have a couple of messages on Instagram, like, you look a lot thinner, like, what's going on and stuff. But to have it from her was just a massive... I just felt like finally someone was listening, if that makes sense. Definitely. Um, But in the right way, like, obviously people had said, like, oh, my God, you're so skinny and stuff. But to have someone say, like, are you okay? Like, what's going on was definitely, like, everything I'd been after for so long. Um, Even, I think, like, having my dad obviously like my dad cheated on my mum and then for years like he we, we have like quite a distant relationship and I would say I would describe it as like an uncle an uncle kind of niece relationship if yeah, that sure. makes sense yeah of course um and that works like for me now but obviously when I was that age didn't really it obviously really affected me um but I think having like Harriet ask me those things I was like that's all I've ever wanted from like m- my parents to ask me am I okay like kind of sit me down and to have those kind of friends in my life just really was like my saving saving grace I guess so then from all those experiences for example the disorder Mm. the fallout kind of from your father cheating yeah what techniques do you then use to bounce back to the point where you're at now where you feel somewhat comfortable yeah um I think just like constantly growing um exercising every single day um that's taken a lot because obviously a lot of people will think oh my god like how if you have an eating disorder can you exercise like in a healthy way yeah but for me now like I'm so I take such pride in my health I think like what you know health like health is wealth at the end of the day like that nothing else matters um and yeah I think you should it's so important to look after yourself um so even if it's just like walking somewhere or like doing something like that like running i really got into running in lockdown like i was running 10ks and stuff um and just like walking like fresh air we don't really have it here but um yeah and just like reading taking time for myself i've i'm i've eventually realized i'm a massive introvert um i i can be quite still quite like loud um and I wouldn't say outspoken anymore. Like, I know, like, the social boundaries, if that makes sense. And because I know myself now, I don't feel the need to be outspoken. Like, I can just be quite mellow and, like, chat and stuff. But I am really an introvert. Like, I love spending time by myself. And I actually find if I'm, like, if I'm around people too much, I need to go away and be on my own. I got the same. Yeah. yeah. And I don't see that as a bad thing anymore. I think a lot of people think, oh, my God, like, she wants to be on her own. But it's fine like if you want to be on your own like if you're a loner like cool you know what i mean like if you enjoy your own company i think there's nothing better in in life than like actually being comfortable with being on your own so worry if you don't yeah at the end of the day you have to right yeah Yeah. i'm concerned if you genuinely still to this day 
think that it's cool to say I just can't be on my own I'm like wow you're screwed like you're screwed <laughs> like get to the root cause of all there's going to be a lot of issues for you at the end of the day yeah. um and yeah I think like learning boundaries like I used to find it so hard to say no to social events because there is still a part of me that does love to be around people and like learning about their experiences and like chatting to them um and like I do still love like you know everyone loves a bit of like attention I would say like everyone loves a bit of kind of like social yeah social interaction oh, yeah. just feel your ego it just yeah. like obviously it's not good to have a massive ego but everyone has a small one yeah everyone I completely has a small agree. one yeah um so of like no matter I don't care what anyone says but everyone likes a bit of social social interaction and all like basically to be like gassed up everyone yeah, loves that everyone, to, everyone to loves some that. degree yeah of course. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um but i think for me learning i actually learned over the summer to like say no to things that you think are gonna not give you like drain you basically um so i would always if i was free for a social event i would always go but i've actually learned that just because you're free doesn't mean that you have to go and I think a lot of people, again, struggle with that. They think, oh, my God, yeah, social event, I've been invited, like, let's go. But if you genuinely think it's going to, like, sap you of your energy, why are you going to go? Like, if you'd rather have more fun on your own, if you would have more fun on your own, why are you going to go? Like, if you genuinely like the people, you genuinely think you're going to gain something from the experience, or if you're, if it's a genuine friend, and my mum always says, like, sometimes needs must, like, you have to go to things. Yeah. Um. But I think, you know, you should just because you're free doesn't mean you need to say yes to going something yeah, exactly you have yeah. to work out where your own time fits yeah exactly yeah. where your own time fits i think that's the key as well like learning um like learning that actually chilling watching netflix is a form of self-care like you don't need to be going to the gym like you don't need to be listening to a podcast even though the, those these things are really great for you if you just want to lay in bed for an hour who's to tell you that that's not as much of a form of self-care than like working out in the gym yeah like it's it's as valuable yeah, if course. not more like yeah. giving yourself that rest time yeah because in the gym you could obviously be putting pressure on yourself saying yeah. i need to be at this certain weight or this certain amount of carbs or this certain amount of yeah that's all pressure whilst if you're you know lazing out and bed exactly. Netflix, it's not a bad thing no you are taking time for yourself to yeah. you know relax recharge you've done your work for the day yeah watch gossip girl or whatever no, whatever's exactly. your subjective choice yeah. yeah so that kind of brings me on nicely to i think maybe we've touched upon but the mm. things that you use nowadays as not necessarily non-negotiables but really yeah. important tools that you use to stay on top of your game are there yeah. any, is there anything um i think in terms of routine i would say establishing like quite a firm morning routine is a really good thing um so i always Again, like, people are always like, why did you get up so early? But I'm like, for me, the morning is my time, and it always has been. I was working, before I came out here, 12-hour shifts in a nursing home. Yeah. Um, and I would always get called crazy because I'd always go on a run before. I would always um, make sure I went to bed at a certain time, always have the same breakfast at the same time, watch the news, like, always do the same thing every morning. And I know people that will just roll out of bed 10 minutes before they have to be there. And for me, that is so crucial um, because, yeah, sleep is valuable. But for me, I need to do something for myself before I then go and do something for or 
work for 12 hours or do something else for someone else because it makes me a better person yeah of course to be around yeah um so yeah i think just really understanding that at the end of the day like i need to do something for myself every day um and so that for me gets me through every day um so i will always either go to the gym read um listen to a podcast whatever i feel like on that day i think as well not being strict on yourself in terms of like you don't need to do the same thing every day but just do something yes, for yourself definitely. um and that doesn't make you selfish at all yeah um and yeah like some days before my 12 hours just like get up and be like oh, i really don't want to go on a run today but i know it will make me a better person to be around yeah and i know it will make me make better choices throughout the day so i would do it anyway because I know that the outcome's worth it. Yeah, I like that. You kind of stuck yeah. with this idea of a run, or you could take that however long, let's say exactly. 30 minutes in bed. <laughs> I can yeah. take the run, and every single thing that someone says to me today, I will answer back better, and I will be a be- I will make a better response, or I can take that extra 30 minutes in bed, and everything that follows will probably be a disaster. Like, I'm sorry, but it will like, yeah. and I, I hate I hate to say this because like, I know a lot of people think like sleep is really valuable and stuff, but like I'm the type of person that I'm like you can sleep when you're dead. Doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that I don't value sleep because I really do. Um, but as I got older, I realized that like, you know, I actually only need like six to seven hours a night. Yeah. Um, and it's actually not the sleep that makes me a better person. I think a lot of people think, oh my god, I need ten hours. It's like no but you don't like you need seven and maybe then you need to get up and go on a walk outside and like get some fresh air or like get a coffee and do something for yourself instead of running to work yeah um i love that idea of like when you sleep when you're dead because i often Mm. feel like people who sleep and i'm using myself as a huge example of this the more you sleep the more you don't have anything to get up for because if you're really excited about your day for example whether it be your job or whether it be a hobby, yeah. and you wake up and you think, I've got, I don't know, a walk to do, or I've got to meet a friend, you get really excited. Yeah, you don't want to sleep. Exactly. Yeah, so almost when people Giving need... yourself a purpose. Yeah, yeah, when you need yeah, 10 to key. 12 hours sleep, that's the key that things aren't going well. Exactly. Yeah, if you want to spend your life sleeping, then exactly. there's a worry. You need, And I'm using myself as an example. Yeah. I've had this problem so many times, but yeah. all I've wanted to do is sleep, and I'm thinking, things aren't going well, Connie. You need to really, like, find something to fill your time rather than yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to, obviously, as you said, dismiss the value, but, you know, there is still a point where exactly. you need to yeah. I think that is key as well because I have a lot of friends who like sadly suffer with depression and as you said like the sign that you want to sleep more is not necessarily a good thing um and I think I've been through it as well like I've never actually been diagnosed with depression but I've had my mom always says like I've I've had spouts of feeling depressed I've never had depression, but I've, I've felt depressed. Um, and I've had the same where I just want to lay in bed all day. Like, I would lay in bed, like, 15 hours for the day. Like, if I could, I would watch TV. I watched, like, this morning, then the rain, then, all like, just laying on the sofa all day. And that, I would sometimes say to myself, oh, I'm just, like, giving myself some self, self-care. But for 10 days straight, is that healthy? Yeah. Probably not. My yeah. mum would say, are you going to leave the house today? And I would always take that as an offence, but that's because it's tr- it was true. Yeah. Like, you should do something for yourself every day. Um, 
And that's actually neglect of yourself, if you think about it. Like, that's a form of self-harm, I truly believe. If you're genuinely staying inside all day and, like, it's not lockdown or whatever, or, I don't know, even in lockdown, you can go out once once in the yeah, day you get and get some fresh air. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I genuinely think that's a form of self-harm. People don't even realise it. It's like, oh, it's, staying inside is not healthy. No. That's genuinely... You, you know that you're doing yourself harm by doing that. Um, so, yeah, I just think giving yourself a purpose every day, I would say. A morning routine really helped me. Um, like, I, in summer, I was getting up at 5 a.m., just nice. because like the sunrises were really nice. Yeah, so yeah. nice to be outside in the UK when it's like five AM. Yeah. And no one else is about like there's a tranquility about like being up before everyone else. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, have you heard of the book, The Five AM Club? No. No, yeah, Robin I Sharma. Can... Oh. Yeah. It's only it's it's only because mm. it literally I was reading it yesterday, so it's kind of coincided. Oh nice. But yeah, it kind of speaks about the victory mm. hour between five and six AM where you wake up and then in that hour the amount of things you can achieve whilst the rest of the world's still sleeping is incredible. So basically, I've not actually achieved, done the practice yet or done yeah, anything yeah. for it, but it's just struck a chord there. So, okay. yeah, I do agree with the kind of the idea of waking yeah, yeah, but yeah. it can certainly be beneficial. Yeah, for sure. So, I think obviously it's not for everyone. Like, I'm definitely a morning person compared to an evening person. Mm. I'll be the person at the party who's like, <laughs> I, I do love a night out, but I'm also, if there's afters, count me out. Right. I'm okay. done. Yeah. Um, but it's just working out what suit, like, suits you best. Yeah, there's no of rule book for everyone. Um, I'm not saying you have to get up at 5am, but I think just establish something nice that you do when you first wake up, because at the end of the day, that shapes your whole day. Mm. Um, so that's what goes back to what I was saying about like working a 12-hour shift. Loads of my friends were like, I don't know how you do it, Hannah. But I'm like, that's all in your mindset, though. Yeah, yeah. If you believe you can do the 12-hour shift and get up early, then you can do it. Then if you've you got it completely fixed, so that's I know day. that at, X, like, at 5.30, even before I start at 8.30, I am doing X, Y, and Z. I'm going to have a nice breakfast, I'm going to shower... Like, you've, the day's huge. So, like, now, I think I'm living the dream because I only teach three hours in the in the, in, in the evenings. Yeah. And on the weekends, yeah, it's a full day. But, like, I honestly, compared to my the job that I have just come from, working in a nursing home, this feels like an absolute dream. And that's what I have to remind myself as well. It's like a lot of people wonder how I got out here when I was, like, when obviously the pandemic's going on. Um, but... Again, I feel like I did it to a certain degree manifest it. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, so I think mindset. If you can do any sort of mindset work, because that takes many different forms. Um, yeah, sure. So like exercise, meditations, like reading about spiritual stuff, um, just working on yourself. Then I think you're on a good path. Of course, and well, this brings us quite nicely towards the end of the conversation. Really, we've obviously discussed quite a lot of topics from you know eating disorders Mm. to mindset to dealing with divorce from parents there's quite a lot of things Mm. we've covered this one might be a tricky question but i will pose it to you yeah what kind of aims do you have then for the near future this could be in vietnam or beyond i'm well aware that at 22 (laughs) this is such a tricky question what do you want to do with your life it can be quite tough but yeah i'm not going to pose it to you is there anything that you know you're thinking of leaning towards in the near future um yeah, so I'm definitely the type of person who uh, people always ask me, what do you want to do with your life? And I have no idea. Um, I did a degree in sociology and now I'm teaching. So it's like, it just doesn't really link. Yeah, um, sure. But I always have always wanted to set up a business um, because I have been through, I would say been through quite a lot in quotation marks, like who's to say it's quite a lot. Um, 
but on a personal level I feel like I've overcome quite a lot that I've that has been thrown my way um so I want to set up a business or do something to help others maybe that will be like writing a book or um I don't know like yeah I always joke about saying I'm going to set up a business in Indonesia and it will be just like a mindset camp or like something like that or a retreat where people can come um and like meet like-minded people um but yeah I just I think I'm definitely going to stay in Vietnam for I think a minimum of like 18 months nice um like I just love it here as I said like it just gives me a feeling of home and I think that you really can't take for granted um because I think that just then increases like I'm I'm I'm, be- I'm a better person when I'm here yeah like, sure to be around yeah like to to people I love um and I'm so lucky to be here um even to have got back into the country after you pandemic, know yeah, yeah after the pandemic um so I'm not going to take that for granted at all um but yeah I just I'm just going to take go with the flow really um that's what i'm trying to learn is that i think culture in the uk makes you think you need to have your life mapped out yeah of course um and i'm trying not to do that i think much to my dad's like displeasure he wants me to have my life mapped out wants me to get a grad job but at the end of the day like i'm my own person and i'm just gonna like go with whatever makes my soul happy and i don't exactly know what i want to do but i think and know that and and i will manifest it because i manifested like coming back into vietnam yeah sure and that i will be like successful in whatever whatever i do and i will um be content yeah of course um so whatever i end up doing i don't know i'm not too worried about it if that makes sense no definitely Um, just because i'm happy with where i am right now so i think that is very very much my uh spiritual kind of stuff is that yeah, i don't sure. really plan too much ahead yeah um because all all i have is now so Very i'll deal with that when it comes yeah of course yeah. that's the best place because yeah. so many times you can think i'll do this but by a certain age you always try to create yeah. your own timeline and then th- yeah exactly happen. you're gutted yeah. when it doesn't work out for you yeah and it's like i thought going going to uni would be like i would do something in sociology um, I would live in the UK, like I get a mortgage, like all of that stuff. I thought that's what everyone did, and that's yes. what made me happy. <laughs> and it's just like no, and I'm so glad I haven't fallen fallen into that trap. It's like that's okay if that's what you want to do, because I know there are people back home that want to do that. Um, but for me personally, I'm glad I didn't just do it because everyone else did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, just my biggest advice would just be to like follow what your heart wants yeah of course um, just... only you know at the end of the day and yeah. like it's it's your life yeah and um, there's so many things out there like even this vietnam experience yeah. where for example if you followed the uk model it'd be yeah get a job in wherever you're from say manchester mm-hmm. birmingham london whatever and you realize vietnam is so far away you yeah can, you can have a good life here exactly yeah. try exactly. it for a year try it try it yeah. like why not yeah especially... i think that's this is this thing is like people just are always so scared and it's like really nothing ever you don't ever grow unless you take a risk yeah, yeah if you think about every situation that has changed you it's always been a risk yeah so i don't know i think too many people are just like static at home or like and that's fine you don't necessarily even need to travel to grow do you know what i mean no i agree yeah um for me that's been traveling but you don't need to go somewhere else to grow as a person like you can actually stay in the same place but just like open your eyes a bit do you know what i mean yeah of course yeah. kind of move forward mm. so yeah coming we've kind of covered quite a lot today hannah thanks very yeah. much for coming on thank you very really much. appreciate it and I, i'm not saying this to kind of blow smoke or be 
overly fluttering. <laughs> I genuinely think that what you were saying throughout the conversation, yeah. to what we touched upon towards the end, if you do set your mindset on something, for example, setting up this mindset camp in Indonesia, yeah. that might just be an idea. Whatever else you want to do, whether this be in Indonesia, Vietnam, England, yeah. I feel like from what you've shared, you definitely have the tools and the mindset to go for whatever dream you want to achieve. Oh, so, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on yeah. today. You're I welcome mean, back we'll anytime. I think that's the power of manifestation. Like, yes, we will see. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Thank and you. yeah, I really enjoyed having me. you on. So, thank yeah, you. <laughs> thanks very much and all the best for the future. Thank you.